Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Live Your Fire. On this episode, I sit down and I have an interview with a guy who was one of the biggest inspirations throughout my life growing up. He started his own business at a young age and he saw that, th that business through uh, many years of success and it's still going on today, uh, even though he's retired. And um, speaking of retirement and what he likes to do, we're going to be talking about how starting a business and playing golf are similar. So if you're a golfer out there and you're interested to hear that conversation, stay tuned. We're going to get into all that. So uh, if you guys are ready, let's get to it. Thanks again, everybody, for joining in with me on this first episode of this podcast. Um, you know, I I hope you guys like the intro music, first of all. Um, you know, I heard that song and I just thought, that's, that's pretty darn perfect uh, for what I'm trying to go after here. Um, you know, live your fire, right? So I'm, I really want to help people understand what their passions are in life and how they can use those passions to achieve their purpose. Um, that's really what it's all about. And, you know, throughout the course of, of this podcast, throughout this journey, I want to bring in a lot of different people, uh, who do a lot of different things. And, and the thing is that they've taken a lot of different roads to get there. Right. So, you know, there, there are people that have a passion and they are, they are living in that passion every day through their job. It's their career. They've, they've made a career out of their passion. And then there's other people who, who live their passion every day through their hobbies or, you know, through side jobs that they do or volunteer options, whatever the case may be, we all have passions in certain areas and those passions are ingrained in us for a reason. Um, they help create our identity and our overall purpose. And when you know your purpose in life and you know your identity, um, the world just changes for you. So that's what I really want to get into here. Um, so on this first episode, I thought it was, you know, it's so fitting, right? I don't want to have, <laughs> I didn't want to have anybody else as my first guest other than the, the man that I, I consider to be one of the biggest inspirations in my life. Um, you know, he, he taught me a lot growing up, um, cause he's my dad. Um, so I got my dad on this first interview he started a business at a young age, uh, and you'll find out, you know, what that was whenever we start talking. Um, but, you know, just, man, just watching him throughout my life uh, and just the way he handled himself, the way he handled his business always inspired me. And I, I just always thought to myself, you know, I'm going to start a business one day. I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to start a business someday. But it was always a, uh, you know, a, a thought that was followed with the question of, what are you going to do? What, what, what business are you going to start? So, and I think that that might be the hangup for a lot of people um, who have that entrepreneur mindset, but I just don't really know what they're going to do. Like, okay, what am I going to, business am I going to run? What am I going to make? What am I going to manufacture? I don't know. Um, but the, the, the big thing is you have that mindset. You have that passion to create, to build, to start something new, to to create something out of nothing, really. I mean, where there was nothing, now there is, you know, this, whatever this may be. And that is that entrepreneur mindset. 
Um, and, and we're going to get into all that. You're going to hear, you know, what business he started, how it came about, and then what what his passions were that drove him every day for over 30 years in that business that's still running today. Um, so it's, it's just a very interesting conversation. I had to have him as my first guest. Um, no exceptions. <laughs> um, so, and, and I got to say too, if you're watching this episode um, on YouTube or wherever you're uh, watching the video and you see this studio around me, these walls, uh, this studio would not exist if it were not for my dad and for my brother. Uh, the three of us got together on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, man, it was about 2.30, probably about 3 o'clock by the time we, we really got started. You know, and we had, the, we had all the materials uh, picked out, bought at the store, uh, brought them home, built everything, brought it to the studio, assembled it, and it was about 8 o'clock at night. So we worked fast. Um, so I really got to throw a big shout out to my dad, my brother. Thank you guys so much for making this possible. Um, you know, every day we're, we're doing something new and we're changing something else in this studio just to make it better. Um, and I really appreciate it. So without too much further ado, and I'll, I'll get into more of the, the business that I'm building um, and how, you know, I got to where I'm at right now. Uh, that whole journey, we'll get into that in future episodes. Um, but for this episode, really important to me, this interview with my dad, I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's kick it over to that. All right. So I'm sitting here with a guy who I watched my whole life get up at the crack of dawn. Well, I guess I didn't watch him get up at the crack of dawn cause I wasn't there to see it, but he was always gone first thing in the morning. Um, started his own business at what age did you start your, your business? 25, 25 years young. Okay. So you got a few years on me then. Just a few. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jeez, Al, I'll tell you what. I'm so sorry, everybody. I uh, think I forgot to mention this is my first podcast that I'm doing on my own. So no co-host, uh, just me at the table. And uh, nobody's sitting here reminding me, uh, dude, you got to introduce yourself. So I didn't even introduce my Dagon self on the podcast. My name is Josh All. You're listening to Live Your Fire. <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry, I will do a better job in the future. Back to the interview. So uh, yeah, I'm talking to my dad here, Tim All. So you started your, your business at 25. Yes. And it was called Metal Masters Incorporated. Right. So um, why don't we just briefly explain what Metal Masters did or does? Uh, they're a sheet metal company. They do uh, HVAC work. They fabricate and install ductwork, which is uh, the way that you convey air and heating air and, you know, through uh, hospitals and schools and industry. Yeah, and you guys have done some pretty major buildings, facilities in this area. Yes. So we have, what, you did a lot of work at Altman Hospital? In a lot Canton. of work at Altman, a lot of work at Union Hospital, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much all the hospitals around the area. Yeah. From uh, Worcester over to Alliance and Akron down to Cambridge. Okay, so real quick, uh, for those of you not familiar with this area uh, in Northeast Ohio, that's a pretty pretty decent chunk of uh, area that they they serviced. Um, so that's I just want to make sure everybody kind of understood geographically uh, what we were talking about right here. I remember you always talking about these new jobs that you were you know getting each time that you know you'd get a new job. So 
Leading up to you starting that business when you were 25, what, what things fell into place for you to be in that position? You know what I mean? Like, how did it happen? Well, started work at uh, 18, as soon as I graduated. And my, one of my good buddies, his dad had a plumbing and uh, sheet metal shop. I started there as a uh, truck driver. That was at 18 and then uh, progressed my way up. I was shop manager and then purchasing agent and then started estimating some work for him. And then, uh, oh, a few years down the road, <clears throat> my buddy's dad had sold his shares and moved on. And at that point, it was like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, first time in my life I ever had anything like that happen. It's like, you know, I don't know where we're going from here. So we went about a year with with a new uh, president of the company, and then and he moved on. And then the the owner's son at that time, new owner, brought his son in, and eh, things didn't go very well. Got towards the end, I was ready just to go mow yards, do something. I was going to start my own business some way, one or way another. or another. Yeah. And then a, a few guys that I worked with got together. They they come up with a plan to start a sheet metal company. And then they put put a team together and, of course, ask everybody. And everybody said, sure, let's do it. And like I explained to your mom was, I'm just investing to ensure that I get a paycheck, you know, hopefully the rest of my life. So <laughs> so, so it was a bunch of guys, a group of guys that were all working in the same place you were. That is correct. Working? Six okay. of us. So those were the six original owners? Correct. The company. Right. Okay. So what what did that look like? starting the business. So obviously you had to invest in a lot of equipment. You needed a building, you needed all these kinds of things. How did you go about obtaining those? Well, we didn't have to put up all the money right away. You know, we invested a certain amount of money, all of us. So we had, you know, something for a bank to fall back on. Uh, We were able to, well, we had to come up with a business plan for the bank so we could get a loan. And that's basically what we did. We got loans for our equipment, had to go out and find it and buy it, and then uh, set it up in our shop that was on Ray Street, and that's, that's pretty much it. We, we, were, we were very fortunate. Did you have um, potential customers before you started, or did you start and say, let's go find somebody to give yeah, us Yeah, we pretty much had potential customers. So you had people kind of saying, if you guys Correct. start? Correct. Well, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was wondering if, uh, if you made the initial investment in building the company and then said, well, let's go find somebody but so you kind of you kind of already knew we were going to have some work some, starting out. yeah i mean we didn't have a lot of time once we pretty much put our resignations in at the other company i mean we had a few months probably but uh well how long did it take you to you know to get all the the equipment and everything and to go through that process till you were actually producing for your first customer well probably just a few months really yeah pretty quick turnaround yes. yeah okay well we had secured a place to rent uh, we, we ended up with securing equipment pretty good. I mean, we had places that we knew to go to, so we were able to get get the equipment we needed just to get by at that point. You know, we didn't have everything. just had a few items. So, you know, if you start small, then you get bigger. So, Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting you say that because that's what, exactly what we're doing with our podcast network. Okay, and here when I say uh, what – we're doing with our podcast network. I'm talking about me and my business partner, Kyle, Kyle Schweitzer, um, who I'm, I'm very blessed to have in my life and to be in this partnership with. 
Uh, we co-founded the studio, uh, the, the network here together, and we're building a network of podcasts to help uh, different agencies, organizations, uh, people within the community get their messages to the people that need to hear them. So I just wanted to throw a quick shout out to Kyle, make sure people were uh, aware of what we're talking about at this point. Really just started with uh, a whole lot of very little. <laughs> and then we've grown into kind of what, what you see now on the video. Um, and like I've said before on another podcast, if you go back and watch our very first episode of any podcast we did, you're not going to see anything. There was no video. Right. So, I mean, we, we bought the audio equipment and we were uh, blessed to be given a, a space to operate in. And that was it. That's all we had. That's what you need. You, know, you got to start small and, and basically your customer is going to dictate what you need to get. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I've, I found that to be definitely true. It's, you know, if, if you wait until you have everything you need or you think you need, you're, you're never going to get started. Never. I mean, we, <laughs> we had pieces of equipment that we thought we would use and we used very little and then, and they just sat and collected dust. Yeah. Other pieces that we got, they just, we ran them till they broke. So. Yeah. Uh, the very first, uh, podcast that we did video with, we were recording with, you know, my iPhone mm -hmm. and yes. I mean, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. The iPhone, you know, captures great video, especially when you're going to put stuff on YouTube. It's, it's fine. It compresses everything anyway, but you know, we, we wanted a little better quality. If we're going to do videos for every podcast we do, every customer that comes in that wants to produce a podcast, you know, we need equipment. So that's where this camera came in that yes. people are watching right now. You, you know, look nice, professional. Yeah. You know, 4K capabilities, all this stuff. Kyle is the equipment guru, not me as much. So, <laughs> but uh, I love it. I love the camera. So do you, do you remember who your first customer was? Not really. Okay. It's 30 years ago. Well, I know, I know. I just, I didn't know how that, if that stuck with you or, uh, or did you have, of, you know, a few kind of right at the beginning that were already on board with you? Not yeah, just one. Yes, but I, I, one that really sticks out was like uh, Regal Cinema down at the mall. Really? Yes. We remember doing that one. That, that one stuck out in my mind. So what, pretty cool. what exactly did you do there? Just the. Uh, it was, you know, we, we set the uh, air conditioning units on the roof and ran all the duct work and. It was, it was pretty nice, pretty big job for us at that time. So as a young 25, 26-year-old in a new company you just started, you got to do the Regal Cinema yes. in town. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. And we were in, you know, we were in business for about three years, and that's when we really took off and started doing a lot of hospital work. Okay. Got hooked up with some good contractors in Canton that we worked with, and everything worked out pretty good. Yeah, so relationship building is a huge Huge thing. So if you're going to start a business, you need to you need to be able to establish relationships and grow them. Oh, absolutely. That's that's with any business, right? And it's not just with customers. It's with, like you said, other contractors, other businesses that you're going to work with. That's right. If you want to get get work from them, you you know you got to establish a relationship. So yeah, right. Because you guys, I'm sure there were a lot of jobs that you got that you needed the expertise of other businesses to fill the holes where you guys didn't have correct yes yeah equipment or the capability to produce a certain thing right or it was just way way out of our league as far as what what the dollar amount was for that project now as far as sheet metal part of it we could handle that but as far as the total project eh, you know the mechanical budget could have been five million and 
know, the sheet metal might have been a million on it. So we, we could handle that, but not the five million. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's huge. I know we've we've definitely found that out too. Um, and it's not just customers. It's, you know, there's people that, you know, a customer comes to me and says, I need some professional photography. Well, we, that's not us, right? But I know people that I have relationships with that I can say, you need to call this person and they're doing the same for us, you know, when something falls into our wheelhouse. No matter what business it is, you still have pretty much the same routine. You know, you got established customers, relationships with them and other people that has the expertise that you don't have. So, yes. So you really have a whole network that you can go to, you know, like almost a one-stop shop. So that's, and that's what's pretty important, especially in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Doing media, um, there's just so many different things involved. Um, I mean, before we did this, if somebody had said they wanted to do a podcast or any sort of like, you know, real audio project, we'd have had to turn them to somebody else. Right. So, yeah, that's definitely how it works. When you guys first started, though, what sort of, um, I guess, obstacles did you run into? Or was uh, it all smooth sailing? Uh, no, it wasn't all smooth sailing, but it, it really wasn't as hard as it, I, we thought it was going to be. Uh, we had good relationships with people around the area, so they knew us, and the other company was kind of going out of business, and at that, at that time, they were the biggest mechanical contractor in the area. Well, once we started, we became the biggest. Okay. So then they ended up going out of business and then, you know, there for a while, yeah, I'd say probably the first 15 years, things were going pretty smooth around here. We did a lot of work in Canton was where most of our work was, but we did a lot of work around here. But then through the years, just more and more people, you know, if they had a truck or a van, they became a a plumber or a sheet metal guy. So, yeah. Um, so what about any reservations you had? Any self-doubts? You know, because when you're, when you're looking at that on a, you know, on a, on a large scale, okay, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to start my own business. I, then nothing's guaranteed. So... Do you remember any self-doubts? Did you have any moments where you said, maybe I shouldn't do this? Well, not so much me, but your mother. <laughs> <laughs> she had doubts, but I just kept saying, we're just investing for a, you know, to guarantee ourselves a paycheck. So, yep. I mean, what were her concerns though? Was it just the fact that you were walking away from a consistent paycheck at the time? Young, young couple. Yep. Uh, no kids at that time, but just a young couple and, you know, job security pretty much. Even though the job security wasn't really secure where you were. Oh, where I was mm -hmm. before then? Uh, no, because the culture was so bad. It was, it was like, like I told you, I, I'm going to go mow yards, do something just to get out there. So <laughs> I don't have to think about things, you know, go mow and be done with it. Mm -hmm. But then this opportunity came along and I really never had any doubts about it. Well, that's good. And uh, that's, that's where... If you have major doubts about starting a business, I don't think I'd start one. Now, if you got some doubts, I understand that, but okay, major so, doubts, no. So, I mean, I guess there's a difference then between having doubts and then having fears. I think having That's, some anxiety and fears about it is natural because, especially if you're walking away from a job where you've got a consistent paycheck and it's like, things, you know, I, I've, I've got it not made, but I mean, it's uh, reliable, it's comfortable, 
even right. though you may yep. not enjoy it. Right. Um, but you take, no matter what, if you're starting your business, you're walking away, you're taking a risk. Correct. Now, the big thing is, as long as you're doing what you, you enjoy, the risk, I don't think, is as much as maybe a little bit of fear. You know, the risk, there's always risk in everything you do. But fear will make you doubt everything that you do. Yeah. You got to come over the fear. And I never really had the fear. So. so, And you never doubted that it would work? No, I didn't. No. Of course, I was 25 and, you know, <laughs> Superman. So, <laughs> well, we all were young, so. I mean, was it just the, the potential of the business at the time or you just knew your work ethic and, and the guys that you were working with, like, no, we're going to make this work? Yeah, it was both. There was quite a bit of, you know, business out there to get. And then, of course, we all worked very well together. So we, we gelled pretty good. That's you know, good having stuff. six partners, you know, everybody said, oh, it's not going to work. You won't last a year. Well, you know, still going at 30. Of course, there's, there's one original partner left, so... You know, everybody else was able to retire. Right. So, and you said this is 30 years now that Metal Masters has been in business. Yeah, they're about 32 now. 32? Yeah. Okay. So, so and, and you just mentioned there were people saying, you're not going to make it. Not going to make it. So, I mean, what did that do to you guys? I, I'm not, was it other people in the industry, you know, people that you've worked with uh, at your re, uh, previous job? Well, Who was, when, you know, whenever I was younger, you know, I would say my early 20s, you know, I had, I worked for... I had a couple different jobs. The one that I was working at that was my main job, and then one I had was just kind of a side job that earned a little extra money on the weekends. Yeah. And it was a partnership there, and the one guy says, oh, nah, it'll never work. And I said, ah, I think it will. Of course it did, so. Well, and there's a lot to that. That's like that self-fulfilling prophecy type thing where if you, if you truly 100% believe and think like, no, this is going to work, it's probably going to work. Correct. If you're sitting around yeah. saying, oh, I don't know, this probably isn't going to be good, then it's probably not going to be good. That, that is correct. Just got to have, you know, got to have good thoughts. That, yeah. Positivity makes a huge difference. What, did you guys make any mistakes in the beginning? Things that you look back and you're like, yeah, if we'd have done this differently or if we hadn't done that, those kind of things. Well, you always have mistakes and I'm going to, you know, uh, anything specific, nothing major, you know, a few little things with our shop and, you know, maybe this or that, but nothing, nothing major, which, you know, thank God, you know, it was, everything ran pretty smooth. So Kyle uh, gave me some terminology the other day to um, rewire my brain a little bit. And instead of calling anything a mistake, now we're going to start calling things learning opportunities. Exactly. So it sounds like you guys had you guys didn't make any mistakes. You had plenty of learning opportunities where I'm sure Always. you, yeah. Always. I mean, and it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it, which, right. is, which is the whole point well, in that. Hopefully you don't make it twice. Well, then you didn't learn from it. <laughs> or you didn't learn the right thing from it. Right. Correct. I mean, I think it was Edison, Thomas Edison, who said, you know, I, I have not failed. I've only found a thousand ways that don't work. Something along those lines. Um, and that's a good way to look at things like, right. okay, no, I didn't fail at it. I just Succeeded in finding a way that didn't work. Right. You know, communication. I'd say that as the years went on, our communication kind of slipped away. You know, we didn't stay in touch with each other as much as we should about the business. You know, kind of everybody kind of knew what everybody's personal life was like, but we never really mingled too much about that. But, you know, communication in, in business is very good.
Wow. Okay. I just got to interject real quick into that. Um, that is a serious issue that, I mean, communication is key people. Communication is so important. And if you're, you know, if you're, especially in business, right? So it doesn't matter if you're working a job and you have your coworkers and you've got your bosses and all this and that, um, or, or you got a partner in a business that you started yourself. So like you got to communicate. You've got to talk. You've got to, you can't hold anything back. If you've got a problem with something, you got to talk about it because it can drag you down. I mean, think about for all, all the married people out there. Um, I know from uh, my wife and I, we don't talk about a problem um, that usually tends to fester. And then whenever it does come out, it is way overblown. It is way worse than it would have been if we had just talked about it right away. Because usually whatever the problem was in the first place wasn't really that big of a deal. But we let it, we just, we said, ah, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to just move forward. It's just not smart. It's not good. You got to, if, if there's something you need to talk about, you need to talk about it. What kind of led to the lack of communication? Was it just like an overload in work? Everybody just got real busy and kind of started siloing or yeah i would say some of that uh sometimes uh towards the end there before i retired i, I would say philosophies got a little different okay yeah you know, my outlook was a little different than others so well and that's probably due to however many number of years of that communication slippage right that's correct and then all of a sudden and when you really step back and look at it it's like oh now we're not looking in the same direction and we didn't realize it correct yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I don't want to really get into too much of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. I had a good run, uh, got along with them very well. Uh, just, just different outlook. That's nope. about and it. It was is a great business. Um, I worked there for a couple summers back in, <laughs> and we'll get into that back in college. And but I mean, I had a great experience though overall. And I mean, the people that worked there were great. Um, but I, it, I guess that's the way it goes with any kind of relationship. I've noticed it even in marriage. You know, there's times that my wife says, you know, you, you've been so busy or well, actually we've both been so busy that we haven't been communicating um, properly and you don't even realize it. You know, right. it's, yep. it, it'll, six months will go by, you know, and for example, she was finishing up nursing school. I'm starting this business and, you know, we just kind of sit back one night and say, uh, we haven't really talked much lately. Well, the nice thing about that is you're young and you don't have children yet. Correct. Uh, not that I'm putting any pressure on you, <laughs> <laughs> but kids definitely, you know, it puts a strain on it, but you're starting it at a very good time. That's what we did. We pretty much, we didn't, nobody had kids. And then, then we started having them and then, you know, just balance business and uh, family. I mean, that's a tough thing to do whenever you're working for yourself, but well, you got to have a good partner. Which, which I do. So, yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit because, so you were 25, you had no kids, obviously. So my entire life, you were running your own business. Yep. And I know you say, you know, balancing family and work when you're running your own business is tough. But from my memory, like in all honesty, it didn't seem like it was tough. I never felt like, I don't ever have any of those thoughts of, oh, my dad wasn't there for this. Like, I don't know if you ever missed a baseball game or anything like that. I mean, you were always, not you to. seemed to always be home. I mean, sure, there were some nights that you worked late, but there weren't very many. And I think it's because you worked so early. 
Well, that was my philosophy. If I got in there early, then say I went in two hours early, I don't know, six. Sometimes I was in there four, <laughs> three thirty. I don't know. You know, then I, in my own mind, I wasn't cheating the company, my partners. And then, you know, you know, especially as you guys got older, I mean, then you travel and did all that stuff. And I felt, okay, well, I've made up my time. So always made time for family. Yeah, you did. And I, I'm kind of seeing this in my own life too now is when you're working for yourself, you don't, you have more availability as long, like for me, like as long as I don't have like a set meeting with anybody at a specific time and say my wife needs me to go pick something up or do something at a certain time, I can step away and do it because I've already put in, I'm usually the same way as you. Like I've been up at, I was up today at six working on artwork and things for, right. for our clients. Yeah. So just to get, you know, and she's sleeping, you know, and what else am I going to do at six in the morning? I'm up. Might as well get a little work done, you know. Well, that was like me. You know, that's why I went in early. I was able to work for all well, sometimes four hours before anybody got in there. So I was able to get a lot done before the phone started ringing and meetings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and of course, whenever towards the end of the day, about four o'clock, you know, it was time. Oh, oh boy. Now I got to go home. I got to get the kids. I got to. I'll take them to the game and, you know, and of course, if mom didn't take you, then I would take you. Then we just meet up at the games and then, or sometimes afterwards say, okay, I got to go back to work <laughs> <laughs> or I took work home with me and I was just doing it there afterwards. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Yep. But even when you were doing work at home, I remember you sit at a table and you you had your blueprints out and you were doing things that you still weren't um, disconnected. Or right. distant or anything. I mean, you were always present. Um, and I, I think that's really, I think that's key to be able to balance. Because I think sometimes, you know, people can get too uh, ingrained in their work, especially when they're working for themselves, and start to put other things on the back burner. You know, you can shove kids and wives and spouses or whatever aside. But you don't want to do that too no, but much. I, There's times where you have to, but... It better be very few times. How do you keep that? How do you keep yourself in check? You know what I mean? Like, is it just a constant reminder in your head? Like, okay, I've been working for 10 hours a day. I need to, I need to just stop. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, you know, when, you know, when it is, it's, it's like, it gets to the point and then you, you just kind of double yourself while you're working and you're going, okay, I, I've had enough. I got to get away from this. So mm -hmm. then you, you go home, you, you know, I play with the kids for a little while and then you fall asleep and then you wake up in the morning, you do it all over again. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, as of right now, um, the nice thing for me is I'm able to do everything. Well, except for recording the podcast and everything, but all the editing, uh, the promotions, you know, everything else I can do at home. Right. So when Steph needs something, I'm there. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's, that's huge. So especially going through what she's going through now, you know, all the studying and stuff for being a nurse, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of stress. I mean, it is, it is a lot of stress. All right. Hang on real quick. Uh, I got to have my proud husband moment of the show. Uh, just quick shout out to my wife, Stephanie. Congratulations on passing nursing school. You worked so hard for these past two and a half, three years to get through everything. And you did so well. Um, I know it was tough. We sacrificed a lot, but baby, I am so proud of you. Great job. So you know what, kind of what I, I went through. 
before kids. Well, you kind of you got two dogs and a cat, so you kind of <laughs> got a little better idea than I had. They at need that attention time. too, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as you love what you're doing, and you don't even have to have love of your work, and you better like it very good. So, you know, if it's something you don't like doing, I wouldn't don't get in it. Right. So you have to have a passion for what you're doing to be able to do it at that level. Correct. Otherwise, it's going to, it's going to be a drag. Oh boy, now I got to go to work. Yeah. Even if it's your own business, right? right? You can fall into that mindset. So, all right. So, sheet metal fabrication. Yeah. Woohoo. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, on, you know, looking at it on just a very high level like that, looking down, it's like, okay, sheet metal fabrication. What, where's the passion in that? But what, what was the passion in your business that got you there at 4 a.m. sometimes to, to go for 30 years in a, in a business? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I just fell in love with what, what it was all about. Uh, you know, the, the estimating of the job, the, uh, the quoting of the job, the, the getting the job, the running the job, manning the job. You always seemed you know. like you enjoyed the people. Like when you would go, you know, I, you know like the, the people at the job sites. Yes. Um, I don't know if it was exactly the, the people you were working for, like the clients, or if it was your guys in the field. Um, All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I got along with everybody. Did, did your passion kind of drive out of that too? Yes. Uh, very shy when I was growing up. Very shy. I was too. And then, uh, I don't know, something clicked. And then, of course, it forces you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be shy, well, you're not going to get much of anything. So you <laughs> kind of got to get out of your shell and, you know, open up to people. Yeah, I've, I'm the same way. So I was, you know, you remember I was shy, a little bashful growing up and everything. And doing this job, this business, um, I love talking to people. I love, I love when people come into the studio to record and we, we sit around for, you know, 10, 15 minutes before we start recording, just shooting the breeze, catching up. I love getting to know the people I'm working with. I mean, yes, they're customers, they're clients, but they're also people. Right. It's a relationship. And, you know, their lives are interesting, very interesting. Yes. I mean, I, I, you know, had a lot of relationships, you know, friends and stuff. A lot of them I keep up with still. So Yeah. And I mean, especially when you've got, in your industry, it was really cool because you got to know a lot of people in different positions doing a lot of different things. So somebody, I'm sure a hospital contact, whoever he right. or she might be, yep. has a completely different role in life than what you're doing. Oh, and, a lot different. Yeah. Yes. And then just, I know for me, like talking to somebody else about like, well, what do you do? Like, I, I just, I'm so curious, you know, about how it all works and what kind of, what gets your fire fueled and what, you know, what keeps you up at night? Those kind of questions for people. Oh, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot more stressful jobs than I had, but my, mine sometimes get pretty stressful. Especially whenever you might not have quoted at the right price. <laughs> you got to keep your loss to a minimum. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're not working on million-dollar projects like you guys were, but I've quoted a couple projects that afterward I was a little low. But. Well, I mean, you started out, starting out. So, I That's mean, right. we were too. I mean, we had people, our competitors, say, oh, they won't be around long because of the prices we were throwing out. But 32 years later, still going strong. So. Yeah. Well, and if you're smart about keeping your expenses to a minimum to, you know, try to stay in line with that. Well, that's, that's a big part of it too. Yes. Uh, 
we progressed as, you know, we, we did everything by hand when we first started. And then, then they come out with, you know, uh, plasma machines and stuff like that, where you just program them, they cut it for you. So, you know, that was a pretty big step. That was, at that time, was like fifty or $60,000 for that piece of equipment. Wow. So, yeah. Game changer, though, right? Game changer, yes. So, we mentioned earlier, I did work there for a couple of years, and you're laughing already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some fun jobs. Um, two of the most memorable, uh, painting the roof in the middle of July, uh, the metal roof. Yeah. It was a little uh, warm, wasn't it? About 200 degrees up there. Huh? I think I was a lobster when I came down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hit from above and below. Uh, and then painting the trailers. Uh, <laughs> that was fun, too. That was interesting. So these these giant trailers that you guys would take to job sites, you needed them. Just they a were, job trailer, right? Yeah, they were, you bought them, they were, Different you know, colors. Uh, uh, Porta John Green, <laughs> and they needed to be gray. So, yeah. yeah. Some, some very hot days, but, you know, I remember you saying that I was not reporting to you. No. In any way. Now, I came into your yeah. office to, oh, yeah. you know, over lunchtime or whatever, sit down, talk or whatever, but I, if I, if I learned early that if I came in to say, hey, so-and-so, that was a, now nah, get out of here. That was going to be negative. Yeah, you didn't want to hear it. No. I just said, get out. No. Too bad. but it was good because it taught me you know when I have a problem with the way something's going or somebody in the shop you know or you know at my Mm -hmm. job I either need to talk to them or I need to talk to the person that I report to correct which in that case it wasn't you no it was not you I wasn't going to give you preferential treatment well and nobody did I told them not to which is good looking back on Uh, it and it's it instills something in you I mean if you're going to get led through work, you know, your working environment, even if it's just a small little job, I'm going to lead you by the hand. That's not good. So, I mean, because I'm, I'm not going to have that at another job. No. You only no. own the one company. You know, that's if I right. go work somebody else or work somewhere else. And there's no guarantee you're going to work for me for the rest of your life. So, which right. I told you you didn't want part of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go do your own thing. So, yeah. And that was, that was huge. Um, but I. I didn't want to be treated like an owner's son either. Like, and I, I, knew, I knew that. Like, I, it's not like I came into the job thinking, oh, well, I'm an owner's son. This will be great. You know, everybody will bow down or, you know, give me whatever I ask. I didn't want that. And you didn't want that for me. So I think it worked out because we were both on that same page. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you got uh, created some friendships there then got along with uh, all the employees pretty good because you weren't treated special, you know. Oh, don't, don't give him that job. Yeah, give him that job. <laughs> <laughs> or there was, I know there was a, I think my, my first summer, you know, I was supposed to be driving, be a truck driver. I was supposed to make deliveries, which I thought that's pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm going to make these deliveries, you know, I'll spend my days driving the truck and all that stuff. And then there was another summer help uh, guy with me, my age, and um, he was getting all the deliveries. I you, think there you, was a little bit of, um, since I was an owner's son, I you know what I mean? It was, yep. I don't know if it was a dislike toward me from, you know, a certain employee or a couple or whatever, but I think it, it was a, well, let's see what he's made of. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think, I think I remember all that too. And, uh, I think you got a lot of respect out of the way that, that went down. Well, I mean, you didn't come cry to me. No, I was handed a lot of the absolute garbage jobs. 
that was just like, wow, I don't, I don't want to do this, but I did them and I did them to the best of my ability. I mean, I was like, well, if I'm going to do, do this and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. How about the time you, you know, you started mowing out there first. Yeah, that's right. And then you had to get up close to the building, ran into some spiders. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, I, you know, oh my, and I, sorry, <laughs> just put up with it. <laughs> Okay, seriously, who likes spiders? Come on. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of spiders that had yellow on them. Didn't like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, you had bad jobs that you had to do, but didn't complain about them. But, I mean, whenever we were at home, you might say a thing or two, and <laughs> we'd kind of laugh about it. But. That's any job, right? Yeah. Um, looking back, though, as evaluation, though, it was halfway through the summer, though, I was all of a sudden the truck driver. Right. So... I think it was, I think it was a, you know, a series of prove yourself situations and, and we're not just going to give you the fun job oh, if you don't earn it. Which, that's, that's too easy to do. I saw too much of that. Yeah. Not saying the other uh, summer help earned it right off the bat, but uh, he definitely uh, di- <laughs> disearned it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you, you might've got treated just a little different just to see. And that was, you know what? That was fine. I think it, I, I think, think it, it paid off. Me. I think so. It's one thing, you know, whether you are starting your own business or you're just working, you know, a job, you know, and you're, you know, you have a manager, you know, whatever, a boss, you got to be able to put up with difficult personalities and difficult situations. And there's very little about life that's fair. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it. No, I mean, if, if it was fair the whole way through, then we'd just be all spoiled. Yeah. Uh, adversities, get overcome adversities. So there, you know. There's a lot of them. So, you know, obviously whenever you worked there, you know, one of the rules was never be late. As mm-hmm. far as I remember, you, you might've been a few minutes late, but you were never late. So I was usually pretty, I think I was usually early. I don't remember you being late. 7.30 start, I believe. Yes. At that time. Yep. Yep. Rolling in with my lunch pail and my. Yep. There you have her. I didn't take you to lunch either, did I? No, no. Mm-mm. I did go to lunch with some of the guys, though. Oh yeah. Or you know, we we'd get together and order in right from from different yeah. places, and then we'd go out on the dock in the back, and you know, some of the guys was you know, we'd eat, they'd smoke, we'd talk, you know, and it was just right. I'm oh, I'm 19 years old. These guys are you know in their mid to late 20s. You know, some of them 30s. Right. Correct. Yep. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Well, stuff you wouldn't <laughs> learn if you were treated special, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciated. I didn't want anybody to have a filter. I wanted them to, I just wanted them to talk to me like I was just another guy. You know? yeah, that's what I told him. I said, don't complain to me about him. He's not going to complain to me about you. So, you know, treat him like any other employee. So, Yep. I think it worked out great. So, as far as, you know, starting your own business and, you know, making it succeed for 30 plus years, uh-huh. anything else that, you can think of anything that's come to mind since we've been talking? Well, a lot of things. I mean, you, you know, you got to, first of all, you got to have passion for what you're doing. Uh, you got to get along with your partners, which seems like you and Kyle are very good. Yeah, we're so okay. You have your own thing that you do and, you know, and you guys do it very well. So, uh, and be open, just be open to each other about things. You got a problem, open up to him. And hopefully if he's got a problem, he opens up to you and work it out. Yep. And confidence, right? You got to, 
you got to believe that what you're doing is going to work. And uh, that's what I told you. I said, you'll know. And then you started. So, you know. Yeah. And I think the hardest part of figuring out what we were going to do, because we, I mean, we, we had a, we had a business on the side for a few years. We were just doing small projects for people, but it was, well, what's that thing, right? You know, what's that purpose that's going to drive us to the next level, the, the bigger Stage. Next level. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever we, we got the idea to do the podcasting, just open the doors to all kinds of media things that there Me- was. Media things and relationships. Media things, relationships, helping people get their message to the people that they need their message to get to. You guys did it the right way. Just like, like our church. We, we didn't have anything. You reached out to them and you were able to do couple podcasts for them, you know, no charge. So, and you know, that stuff pays off. It People does. remember. Yeah. Well, and now so. we're, you know, we're doing their website, their new mobile app, yeah, all that stuff. So. You guys are going to have your online giving. So cool. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, if you've got nothing else after 30 years of running your own business. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty nice. Now retirement's very nice. That's what yeah. you work for. But the important thing is, for all those years that you did work, you enjoyed it. Enjoyed it very much up to probably the last five years, which, you know, I think maybe when, when things run its course, that's probably about the time that you get thoughts in your head about retirement. Well, it's like anything else in life, too. If you're really honest with yourself um, and if you're honest with God about what you want out of life, you know, and you're, and you're truly honest, you'll know. You'll know when something is right, when something's not right. You'll know what path you need to take at a certain point in time. That's correct. Uh, you know, you're always going to have doubts. But, you know, you got to overcome the doubts. And like you said, positivity. You just got to be positive about it. You got to have a good support system at home, mm-hmm. which I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, your mother was able to work. And take a few years off while you guys were young and then work part-time for quite a while. So that, that helped out big time. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. That's a lot of good information for anybody listening who's thinking about starting their own business. Um, if you've got that passion for something and you know what it is, but you just aren't sure if you are ready to, to take the leap. It, it, mean, it's hard to take the leap. Yeah. You know. And in my, my situation and our situation was, uh, it wasn't hard, you know, cause we all wanted to get, get out of where we were and we, you know, just wanted to do our own thing. We all knew what we were doing. So it's not like we started something that we didn't know we, we were doing. So. Yeah. So you guys already had the, you know, the knowledge, the basic expertise to execute Correct. what you were doing. Correct. And the nice thing is that we had, uh, four partners that worked in the field. So, and then. My, my other partner and me, we, you know, we worked in the office. We're the ones that quoted the jobs, uh, you know, and things like that. So mm-hmm. that everybody had their, their uh, specific uh, role in the, in the company, and that's what you need. Yep. My biggest piece of advice as we close this out um, for anybody, and we'll see how well you agree with this, is think about yourself at the end of your life, looking back, and don't think about the things that you will say, I regret doing this. Think of what you will say, I regret not doing. Yeah, does that, does that make sense? Yes. 
Yeah. And that's been, that's been my biggest drivers. I don't ever want to look back and say, oh, I really regret not doing something. I don't care about what things I regret doing. Because at least I was taking, at least I was taking action. Yeah, I think we all have that. Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. We're going to have that no matter what. So, don't regret not doing something. Right. That's that's good. Yeah. Cool. Hey, look at that. I can give advice. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the at the point in my life I'm going to need it. <laughs> So if I said that starting a business or running your own business is like playing golf, how's that translate to you? <laughs> so here's what, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. So when I'm, when we're playing golf and you know, uh, from just the other day, how freaking awful <laughs> I, I am. So you're going to hit some good shots out there Yeah, and they're going to fuel you. And you're like, yes, that was a good shot. I know what I did. I'm going to come back and play again. And you're definitely going to hit some bad shots. Oh, absolutely. So I was just kind of thinking like, is it, you know, if you want to relate that to business, I mean, not every shot's going to be a good shot. Oh, not every decision's yeah. a good decision. Not every, not everything you do is going to pan out. Right. I and, mean. And like, you know, you get some advice along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden you hit a good shot. You go, well, <laughs> what in the heck? <laughs> well, you got a good advisor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, good teacher. It is. it's like golf. I mean, yeah, right. You're going to hit good shots. You're going to hit bad shots. He is learn. Learn, learn from, from the, the bad, bad shots. Ones. Yep. Remember the good ones because sometimes they're far and few between. That's the thing. Yeah. Learn from the bad shots, but then forget about them. Correct. Remember what you learned, but do not let that bad shot hang in your mind. Right. Because then you're going to go up there. And, Guess what? And it's going to be another bad shot. Yep. 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 I played too much golf with, with people that carry it from <laughs> hole to hole, too. Or, I mean, if you have a bad hole one and you carry it the whole time. You're really going to be bad. Four hours down the drain, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Not going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I played with a guy that, that threw clubs a lot. Just, and then, of course, you know, carried from shot to shot to hole to hole. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. You let one shot ruin all the others. Man. Like you, you could have, you could have turned it around. Right. And I, I got a guy I play with now, you know, and I got him going, thinking the right way. Hey, yeah. Bad shot. Let it go. Yeah. Cause your next one's going to be either good or bad. But, <laughs> you know, if you got a bad thought in there. Uh-uh. Yeah. So for example, one of the first things that we did as a, as a side business kind of started out designing custom wedding cards for people. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was a good idea, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we'll create these custom wedding cards. It'll be, you know, basically we just told brides, pick out whatever you like on Pinterest, give us a couple ideas, and we'll customize the whole thing, right? So we'll make, it, that way you're not getting a, just a template that anyone else can get offline. You're right. getting yeah. something custom tailored to you. Right. Well, in order to pull that off, I mean, it's, it took a lot of time. And it was like, wow, uh, I cannot charge these people, what it takes to actually do this, the time it takes to actually create this stuff because they're not going to pay it. No, it'd be way too expensive. At the end of the day, they're just wedding cards. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people look at the price then and say, oh, I didn't want to get them offline, but yeah, I'm just going to get them offline. I'll do my own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then I would call that a bad shot, right? We had a good idea. It just didn't work. Um, But we it's not like we... Yeah, I'd call it a mediocre shot. Yeah. Because you learn from it. 
you know, you started somewhere. You had to start. Ah, so it'd be like a good miss? There you go. Good <laughs> miss. There you go. Yep. Got you started. Wasn't a good shot. Maybe not the best swing, but at least we advanced toward the hole. Well, that's what I keep saying. What was good about that shot? You know, pick out the good part of it. Well, went straight. It <laughs> went forward. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget that myself. Yep. So. Yeah, I got to love when you can get on the green and what, like two shots and then five putts later. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So for all the golfers out there, hopefully that uh, translates okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I get to do now. I get to golf a lot, but everybody says, well, you should be getting better. Well, I just golf. I don't really work on the game, you know? Yeah, so now your bad shots, you don't even care. You're like, I enjoy ah. being out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad shot now is just a bad shot, you know? Go to the next one. All right. Okay, well, hey, you know, there it is. There it is. There's that long-awaited interview that I with my dad that I was waiting for. I, I told him so many times, like, get in here. I want to interview you. <laughs> You're going to be the first uh, episode of my podcast. Um I hope, I hope everybody found the value in that conversation the way I did. Um, and the thing about him, he's just, he's a very wise uh, person. You know, he's, he's a lot more wise than what he's going to give himself credit for. You're never going to hear him say that. Um, but that's just the kind of guy he is. So I'm really hoping uh, to bring him in for more discussions about different topics and things. Just kind of get his, you know, his outlook on different things. Because when I need advice about something, that's who I go to. Um, and I, I really think that the value that he brings to me, then I can in turn turn around and bring it to you listening to this. So um, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into this first episode. I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes. Um, this is going to be a fun journey. So uh, we'll be back. I don't know how often I'm going to put these out, but as soon as I can get them to you, I will. I'm uh, going to have more guests coming in soon. So stay tuned. Until then. Uh, just remember, be quiet, okay? Listen to yourself, and you will find your fire. I can feel the fire.